You fit a salamander, a potato, and butter, it could live forever. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another fantastic episode of the TMNT Shellcast. I am your host for today's episode, John. Uh, episode number 46 of the Shellcast. Um, Chris, how are you doing? I'm great. So, rough audio last one. Hand up on us. Hopefully, <laughs> I'm still not back to full audio. Hopefully, this doesn't sound terrible. But next week, I will be at full strength. Very nice. And Andrew, how are you doing? Also playing with a um, low-quality audio, so apologies there. We did, I am going to blame Amazon for uh, this week's audio experience because they failed to deliver a package within a reasonable two-day delivery window. So uh, I might have to send a complaint to Amazon Prime. Unbelievable. Although how far we've come from things taking like 10 to 14 days to ship to then being upset when they don't come here in 48 hours. Hey, it, we can't be regressing. That's all I'm going to say, Amazon. What happened to the drone? I thought drones were going to start delivering packages constantly. Soon. Is that That's just not a thing anymore? Apparently, they're crashing into True. the cell phone tower for Chris's internet provider. <laughs> How was uh, everyone's Thanksgiving? So since we last spoke, we all enjoyed some turkey. How did that go for everybody? In fact, I enjoyed ribs, pork ribs, uh, and not turkey. So I had no turkey, sans turkey, in 2023. Wow, no, no turkey whatsoever? None. Wow, that's, first of all, that's blasphemy. Crazy. I couldn't help but notice John and I had Thanksgiving together, and lasagna noticeably absent from the table. So, talks a big lasagna missed. game, but doesn't walk the lasagna walk. <laughs> Andrew did not draft pork ribs in his Thanksgiving Day draft, so that's interesting. <laughs> No, and my smoker uh, had some technical difficulties, so I couldn't even smoke the ribs. I had to bake them, which, talk about regressing uh, from a few minutes ago. That is a step backwards in time. I had no other choice, so I made it happen as best I could. That's but, a step above Lloyd's ribs. Yeah, I should have you just crock-potted them at that point. Baked. I mean, at you what point is it even a Thanksgiving meal? If you have ribs, baked ribs, did you have <laughs> stuffing? No, it was a uh, barbecue you're like, you're style. Tailgated. Yeah, and <laughs> yeah, there's a, there's a bunch of mishaps. It was supposed to be brisket. The trigger went down. Ribs baked. Just I did my best. Perseverance. That's all I'm gonna. I'll end it on that note. Perseverance. Just like this episode. Yes. We'll get a little of that. Yes, and. Um, this episode, we will start out with pizza time. Pizza time. 
if you recall, if you made it through the full episode last week, Andrew had lost the pizza pole. And so he was spinning and Chris in a devilish villainous move decided that he was going to use a party pizza and make Andrew, both Andrew and I eat pizza. And through a few respins, we landed on hot chili pizza. So Andrew, you had to eat, you and I both have to eat hot chili pizza. What does it look like? And do we take a photo of it? No, I shall take a photo right now. We've been forgetting that recently. Um, but I got one right here. So, delicious, what is it, A4 or 4A? Area A4. 4. So, I'm at, I'm still in Boston. I Have I left? Nobody knows. Um, but recording again at John's. And I just want to show you the underside first. Underside <laughs> of the ZA. This is a purchased pizza or a frozen? Yes, That's this is a purchased pizza. Purchase. Okay. Quite delicious. Oh, wow. Look at that little... That's a nice little burnt crust bubble. You can tell that's good. Yeah, yeah. so this is uh, all uh, John. He had ordered this. Um, yep, he's got the same thing. Had the pizza, which I will say was absolutely delicious last, uh, yesterday. <laughs> and it's now been reheated with some hot chili oil speck. So... John did all the heavy lifting. I'm just here to eat it. I'm very excited. <laughs> you guys for got it. pizza after we eat dinner? No, I before. ordered it for lunch before. Oh, okay. It was a big day for me. I got a haircut and ordered some pizza. Two pizzas. So, two fact. pizzas, yeah. Two, two Eating out pizza. for two meals is luxury I've That's never dreamed of. <laughs> <laughs> well, Chris, right. you're going to have to keep yourself entertained because Andrew and I are about to both dig into this. So. Away we go. Yeah. So you guys have the same exact topping. Hmm. Andrew's slice does look better than John's, I will say. Wow. And that what was that? The crunchy garlic stuff on there? Mm. Nice. Yeah. I mean, that's just a pizza I would just eat regular. <laughs> Not even that's for actually the show. Damn tasty. And just going to town. He's almost through his whole slice. <laughs> Could come back to bite him crust, on the plate later. Bite. Wow. Tremendous. Might take one more bite. Chris, maybe sing us a song. No. The, I will say this crust looks a little chewy from John's bite. That was uh, the cheese. Andrew, how do you like wow. it? Wow. Might be better than yesterday, honestly. Um, it was... What was this? Salami salami topping or big pepperoni? Something like that. A meat... Round meat. Cured meat pizza. Um, very good. Thin crust. Mm. Coal-fired, maybe. I'll, I'd even say a brick oven at the very least. <clears throat> Hot chili oil. Really compliments the the zip of the soprasetta, I'm going to call it. And uh, all in all, tremendous score. It's been a while, but I'm going to go eight, 
69. Wow. First and one. you get the sniffles, yeah. John chugging water. <laughs> Clearly the chili has started oh, yeah. to take effect. Chi- yeah. Well, so the it's the chili oil has an interesting taste, like interesting as in like enjoyable. Like it's not just like spicy. It's I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. Like I think we've all had chili oil, but garlicky, I guess, is maybe the way to describe it. It is depth. Yeah. Yeah. Nuance. Nuance for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah I, my score doesn't count but immediately came to mind was seven dollars and forty nine cents but I think I might be lowballing it I think it's an eight dollar pizza eight eleven I think so I'm gonna go fucking delicious though <clears throat> shout out to Area Four it's eight is that Andrew's all time high score for a pizza I thought I gave a nine for cheese or pepperoni I think I gave a nine for pepperoni back in the day but. I mean, I gladly would eat the whole pie of that, hands down. Well, my pizza party did not have its intended effect. Sadly, yeah, Chris, this you, turned into an enjoyable experience for everyone. Do you have a little bit of FOMO? You're the only one not eating pizza, just watching other people eat? I mean, like, it, eat 10 in the morning, sucking down a chili pizza may spell disaster for the rest of the day. Yeah, I was saying too. Usually for breakfast, I'll eat cold pizza. Hot pizza for breakfast, I, I don't think I've ever done. So this is new ter- uncharted territory. I'm like fucking Marco Polo over here. I do have a question made... for you. Oh, good. On the pizza box, there were specific instructions for how to reheat the pizza. Did you follow said instructions, John? I did not. However... I do pride myself in my pizza reheating ability, especially with Area 4 pizza, which with which I have a lot of experience. And here's my tip. <clears throat> I go half sheet baking pan. I do a little bit of foil just because I don't really want to clean a pan just to reheat pizza. Pizza goes right on, right into the cold oven, 425, and you heat it up until it starts to smell good, and then you're done. Into wow. the cold oven, I think, is the key to wow. That's a savage a toaster move. oven. These were too big for the toaster oven. I have no. gone air fryer to reheat. If it's just been out from the night before, that might be the best way. Mm. Gets the crust nice and crispy again. Yeah. Mm. I made, so, yeah. speaking of delicious things I talked about previously, a homemade sausage, egg, and cheese. Oh. This morning on a Thomas big English muffin. That's the key. The big one. I didn't know so they sold like, big ones. Is the big dia- is the exact diameter? Same size as, yeah, it's wider. It's, it's the exact yeah. same size as a sausage patty. A little circular sausage patty. Mm. And then added an egg, fried egg with a little turmeric. Sneaky turmeric. Fuck. On an egg, John, try it out. And a little wow. paprika. Delicious. Turmeric. And a slice of Kraft Singles. The best melting cheese around. So, yeah. Turmeric is, has a lot of health um, benefits, but can also yeah. start to taste very like dirt-like if you put too much in it. <clears throat> well, I'll tell you what. On an egg, it's like, oh, what's, what is that? There's something in this. 
turmeric <laughs> right in your face. Chris, spell turmeric. T U M E R I C. Nope. Wrong. Yeah. That's how you spell it. How do you spell it? There's, it's T U R M E R I C. No fucking way. Yeah. That's what Look it up. It's not turmeric. It's a sriracha situation here. It is. Look it up right now. <laughs> gotta gotta hate those silent R's. God damn, it is it is. <laughs> Unless you have a typo on your freaking But what if happens if I it might it might be like an alternate, like a British color color situation. <laughs> it could be, but I don't think it is. So regardless, that was pizza time, Andrew. Thank you for um walking us through that. It was good. I'm not going to lie. So put it on the board, Vinny. RIP to Vinny. He's actually deceased in the episodes, but put together a good pizza board. Put it on the weird pizza board. Yeah. So we will get into the episode recap. This episode, season three, episode 28, entitled Beware the Lotus. Initial, any initial th- thoughts, reactions from my two co-hosts before I get into it? I would say, while watching this, it felt like the shortest episode yet. So I don't know if it's because of the plot was just moving and there was action left and right, or it was lacking substance. I can't, I'm not really sure, but at the end, my immediate first like knee-jerk reaction was this felt like a shorter episode than normal yeah i would agree i mm-hmm. think it seemed like the first episode where they had thought the full plot out ahead of time so i do think to your point Andrew, that's what helped it flow a little bit better but in general kind of a middle of the road episode for me not great not bad yeah i agree maybe a little bit um well, we'll get into it. Racist. So, yeah, <clears throat> we open up the episode with a full shot of the city skyline, the moon, the channel six sign is fucking a glow and it looks incredible. Maybe rivals the submarine water um, scene, but man, what a great shot of channel six building here. Yeah, I said my first note, the channel six building is iconic. Yes. I mean, the look of it, it's... Note. Go ahead, Chris. All right. I was, I was going to say the first... It looks like we got some lag here, but a nice Channel 6 shot was my first note. So apparently we're all on the same page. Yeah. And then we go into the Channel 6 building. Irma is looking longingly out of the window, wishing for love on this full moon. Um... And I think she's sort of, you know, mesmerized by it and just wants to find true love as Irma does. Burn um, hears it because I think April at some point says every woman in the city is just thinking the same way that Irma's thinking. So Burn's like, okay, that's a good idea. Me as uh, chief editor here, we're going to do a whole night, a full new, a full new set of romantic under the full moon stories. Uh, April really wants to do stories about all the crime because as everybody knows the crazies come out when it's a full moon that's just a fact especially werewolves 
Um, but Vern's like, no, we're not doing that. And not only, April, are you going to do the full new set, but Vernon, you are going to be assigned the cameraman for April. Which, it's just like, no one likes to be the cameraman. Burn, as we know, romantic at heart, even before this episode. What was his um, girlfriend's name and the photo on the desk a few episodes back? So we mm. know he's got a you know a sweet spot for blondes apparently, and really, really wants to push through the romance. Like, I think romance was probably mentioned more than any other, excuse me any other word in this episode. And uh, I felt like maybe like, as I was watching it, this is like a Valentine's day uh, sort of time of year. Uh, but I don't think it was. So I'm yeah. not really sure about that. Yeah. Also, as much as he is a romantic, I mean, he's making him burn the midnight oil over channel six. So they work days, they work nights. Do they ever go home? I don't really know. When they're at home, they're on call. It's crazy. Yeah. But such is life. So we leave Channel 6, and I have here another sweet transition scene where we go down into the sewer where the turtles are, but there's like light coming out of the sewer grate in the city on the street. Very cool looking. I'm a big fan of nighttime cartoons, apparently. Um, not to be confused with the After Dark cartoons, if you know what I'm saying. And below the city, the turtles are in their turtle lair enjoying a horror movie. I had mentioned werewolves previously, but werewolves um, is on the TV. There's an interruption from Channel 6 from, you know, Newscaster B. Basically says, hey, stay tuned, people, for all the love stories that are coming. And the turtles immediately boo. They're not having it. And here is where I was like, oh, this is not a Valentine's Day episode. It's a ha Halloween episode, maybe, uh, which on like in our timeline in 2023, we missed by like a month and a half. So uh, just want to shout out to our Halloween episode. I don't remember which number, uh, but it was great because we were in costume and uh, did a lot of the Halloween theme things. So go check that out if you haven't. Yeah. And I've already started to brainstorm ideas for the Halloween 24 episode. I would hope so. After your inflatable alien costume flopped a Frip. little bit. Frip. Was it Frip or was it just a generic <laughs> alien? Hard to say. But I don't know if you guys <laughs> noticed. I have, It's been shown in a couple episodes now, and I always forget to bring it up. The turtles don't have enough seating in their fucking living room. There's always one turtle standing behind the couch or like sitting on the floor. Can we not just get one more chair in there? Well, that's the crazy thing is they do have a blue chair that's against the wall behind us, like stadium seating almost. So when you walk into the lair, um, like if you're walking in, the couch is on the right. There's a blue chair next to a lamp, like on the left wall before you would turn into the kitchen. And so that's the crazy thing is they do have enough seating but they don't actually use it. Oh, I never noticed. Maybe that's Splinter's chair, and you just don't sit Could in be. Splinter's seat or something. Yeah. That's I never how, even noticed that chair. I feel like that's how you know you're a parent when you have your own chair, and none of your kids are allowed to sit in them. That is a power no. move. 
This is you can't sit here ever. Yeah. Yeah. Let me show you. Actually, in fact, let me show you a shot of said chair from Turtlepedia. And this is. Here's a question while Andrew's bringing that up: chair or couch? If you're given the option. Um, well, I think it depends what kind of chair, honestly. But in general, your normal recliner. I would like say I would say chair. I'm a couch guy. I like to I like to have the option to kick up the feet when needed, and uh, you, it's hard to do on a chair. Although, John, your chair here, like the extra wide, is like a mini love seat, whatever you want to call it, mini couch. Mm -hmm. Chair and a half. Yeah, chair yeah. and a half. I could do that. I could definitely do that. Yeah. How about you? Nice. How about you? I like Chris? chair, or preferably a rocking, a rocker. Those are nice. But I don't like. like there's nothing worse than when you're on the couch, and somebody's sitting right next to you. It's like just uncomfortable. Yes, and said chair is now being shared. Oh yeah. So, and that looks like a chair and a half, possibly too. So, it's a nice looking chair. Yeah, great looking chair. So. There's that. Wow. That was pretty cool. How the hell did you have that ready? Chris was Chris was buying me time to look it up. So <laughs> I just did a little little Google foo and uh, here we go. Okay. So turtles, like I said, they boo the television because teenage turtles obviously hate love and anything to do with it. We then get our third fantastic transition scene down to the Technodrome where the stalagmites, I want to say, or stalactites, I believe those are the two, they kind of pull away. We get a shot of the Technodrome and Chris Crane is walking around the Technodrome in what? Crane's in his bubble walker, baby. Which, you That's know, Crane's feeling frisky. No, that's his laser gun. Yeah. But, you know, Krang's feeling frisky when he's in the bubble walker. Especially, I don't think we've seen him in that bubble walker in the Technodrome. Usually that's reserved for topside. So, you know, something's yeah. afoot. And, yes, and Shredder is what can only be described as strutting around the Technodrome. Saying, oh, Krang, like, you're in your finest suit. Like, what's the occasion? You must really miss me. Like, what's the occasion? And Krang is like, Shredder. Hold your fucking horses because, boy, do I have something for you. So, a transport module appears. A hatch opens and out jumps a ninja warrior. And I think at this point, Krang is like, Shredder, this is, I'm bringing your replacement. Your fucking replacement. So, he has plans to just oust Shredder, which is just incredible, honestly. Quite incredible, in fact, because it's taken what this is like the forty-sixth episode of Team and T, and now he is now just considering a replacement. Which shout out, speaking of replacements, shout out to the replacements, a great movie with Keanu Reeves. Mm. I want to say from the nineties or early two thousands, and um, yeah, football movie, good one. Yeah, and you love to see this one eighty crane getting dumped on. And then immediately throwing it right back in Shredder's face. Shredder was all high and mighty. It was kind of funny the way he was making fun of Krang, though. 
Yeah, I'll give him that. It was. But uh, so, the bubble walker, like without a doubt, is the best uh, mode of transportation, best suit, whatever you want to call it for Krang. Like, there's you can't argue that it's be- way better than the bangerang. Yeah, the bangerang. Like, I mean, props for creativity on whoever designed that, but it it really makes no sense the way that costume is set up. Yeah. Well, it does make sense in the sense that the most vital organs for a human body are in the chest and or guttle region, minus the brain, obviously. But you would put the most important things right in the middle of your body. So I feel like it makes sense from that perspective. Yeah, I mean... When you say you're, it's like your entire body, basically, you just said. Most of our body yeah. is our, our, like, torso. Yeah. Exactly. So you put the most important thing right in the torso, right in the gut. I guess. Except Anyways. your brain. Maybe <laughs> yeah. the most important thing. I, I think definitely the most important thing. Regardless... So Shredder's like, okay, what the hell is this? What's going on here? <clears throat> he goes to fight this ninja. She sort of parries him away, and he falls back on his ass. And then he says, I like to see... She's wearing a mask. This ninja is wearing a mask. And he says, I like to see the face of my enemies before I kick their ass, more or less. Which is super ironic, because he rocks a mask day in and day out. So, you know, this is a kind of little... Uh, What's the term when you accuse somebody of what you do? Being a hypocrite. Rules for thee, but not for me. Yeah, hypocrite, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So not a good look, Shredder, because you're just pot calling the kettle black, you know? Yeah. And John was a little I mean, he got fucking ragdolled, is what happened. Well, I'm I'm getting there. So well, first he gets knocked back and then he says, I like to see the face. And then he runs up to her. I think either she pulls off her mask or he pulls off her mask, but we find out that Lo- this ninja is a woman. And not only is she a woman, but she's great at what she does. She like flips Shredder over her shoulder as he's charging toward her into the fucking wall. And then Bebop and Rocksteady are there and they're just like, hey, no one messes with our boss. <clears throat> so they charge at her. She flips them. They go sliding across the room into like an oil pipe and oil just starts like spinning, spinning out on them, covering them. And then, so they're tarred more or less. And then she has a pillow and she takes her sword. She's, she rocks the katanas like Leonardo does, takes a sword, cuts a pillow in half and they get covered with feathers. So they basically look like chickens. Love the devotion, hierarchical hierarchy, devotion, chain of command you know bebop and rock city despite the way that shredder treats him talks to him dismisses him they just try to replace him a few episodes ago they have it out for their boss they're you know they're they're in the trenches they're defending him uh but as soon as i saw the tar i knew exactly where this was going so pretty predictable there uh not a great look I do like the fact that Krang says that he is an equal opportunity tyrant. So that statement 
I was here for. I like it. Um, but yeah, overall, stuff tough look, Shredder. Especially when there's no lore. Like we didn't hear about any lore of this other, you know, superior ninja. Like the whole backstory has been Orokusaki and Hamato Yoshi. So who is this? Hopefully we find out. Yeah, it's nice to see someone besides the turtles kicking the crap out of Shredder too. So a little bit of a change up. Yeah. Yes, and um, I'll finish this scene and then we'll go into our first segment. But Shredder is all pissy now because he's being replaced. He just got his ass kicked. Krang is like, I think at one point he says, if I had hands, I would clap because I'm so happy. What I didn't point out too is Lotus pops out of the transport module and there's foot soldiers that are like already part of her, po- part of her posse. So she's already like commanding things. Unless Krang sent them to get her. I was thinking that yeah. too. Also, the part I forgot to say, Shredder openly challenged her to a ninja contest, which I thought was funny. Yeah. Those are his exact words. And then he got yeah. smoked. Yeah. And if I didn't say it, we find out that her name is Lotus. Um, and Shredder, like I said, is pissy. He storms off in a transform module because he's like, all right, if I'm getting replaced... I'm going to go find the turtles first and I'm going to catch them and prove to Krang that I'm actually worth my weight. <clears throat> Krang is excited. Lotus is going to get actually get something done with the turtles at this point. And we learn that um, the price that he's willing to pay for the turtles is a hundred pounds of gold. So a hundred pounds of gold he thinks is the price where he actually gets to see the turtles die basically. And I did a little bit of uh, <clears throat> math because I was very intrigued in my head. I'm like, did anyone else do this? Just out of curiosity. No, I was just going to ask if anyone did, because when I heard 100 pounds, in my head, I was like, that doesn't seem like it would be enough to warrant what the task is. It well, feels like Krang's getting a discount. I thought similar, but again, I have no sense of price of gold, so I did a little, uh, little research. I found... All right, so... I'll walk you through my logic, John. Check my, check my math with yours as we're going. 100 pounds of gold equals 1,600 ounces of gold. Okay, so typically gold is priced per ounce, converting just 100 times 16. That's 1,600. In 1989, the average price of gold per ounce for the year was $401. So you see where this is going. You multiply 1,600 by 401, you get just about, uh, actually, I'll tell you exactly. You get 641,000 and $641,600. So 641,600. So almost $650,000. But I didn't stop there because I want to know what those what that means in 2023, which is the current year that we live in. So the conversion rate from... 1989 to 2023 is 1 to 2.48. So multiply that out and you get $1,591,168 of value in the equivalent of 100 pounds of gold in today's dollars. 1.6 million. That seems like it's pretty, uh, pretty good deal here for lotus in fact so i actually did the okie doke i was like oh krang is kind of short shorting her but in fact 1.6 million that's basically 
400k per turtle like that's pretty good yeah now the question is where where's crane getting all this money from like we know crane's a genius but how is he so wealthy i don't know i don't know he's got the gold though we find out later that literally 100 pounds of gold just sitting on a table in a basically empty apartment and he kind of like brushed it off he's like yeah 100 pounds of gold yeah so also i don't know if you guys caught it the the uh transport module going back up in reverse didn't even spin it around just threw it in reverse lazy with the animation here oh (laughs) yeah i think they just rewound the scene where it was coming in probably john out of curiosity was your was your arithmetic uh similar to mine in the same thing yes i missed i googled it i thought it was 400 and one dollars per pound of gold. I didn't realize that was per ounce. So uh, I see. I had the same, just sixteen x less. And then, yet yeah, the price of gold today, I think, is two thousand eighty dollars per ounce. I guess I had it per pound, but yeah, same math. Ah, so that maybe would be the other way to do it is if we did. Um, yeah, I see that two thousand eighty five dollars and sixty cents. Yeah, times sixteen hundred. So that would be. Let me do. Quick little, little this, little that, um, and that would be three million dollars. So if we work in today's value of gold, which I don't necessarily think is the way to do it, we're looking at three point three million dollars. So either way that you crack it, it's a lot of a lot of cashola for Lotus. Yeah, yeah. Which hey, when you're a hitman, you know, that's what you do. That's what you do. But in the spirit of so Shredder, I will say when he found out Lotus was a woman, was taken aback. He was surprised for sure. I think he was even offended, honestly. So in the spirit of being surprised and unexpected situations, we have a little buy or sell segment. I've listed, let me see here. 16 different like scenarios I would say on my notebook here as you can see of unexpected things and I want you guys to buy or sell them so are I we still ready? love I still love that you use a like old school pen and paper notebook and for things like this it's great it really is because I was just writing and I actually um I surveyed my wife to see <laughs> she had any situation so I'll, I'll mention which one she brought up so number one do you buy or so this is unexpected results or unexpected situations i just want you guys to buy or sell them okay number one thinking you took you take a test you think that you bombed it but you actually ended up acing it buy that's a yeah. great feeling it's maybe one of the best where you're like oh <laughs> man flopped and then you just show up and you're like did i get the wrong paper sent back to me like what is going on here Great feeling. Buying but, all day long, twice on Sunday. Although taking a test do it, though. not uh, when other people, I don't care about, what about that. I hate when the worst feeling in the world is when you look at a test and you have no idea on how to do something. <laughs> and you just think, I sat through this course for however many weeks and I have no clue how to do any of this. Yeah, that's when you got to go the skip. Like you can't so my the 
my approach to test taking, I run through. If I don't know, if I'm unsure, I immediately skip. Go to the things I know. It builds a little, you know, self motivation, if you will. And then sometimes you feel like you're flying high, and you're like, oh, well, I did all these other ones. I can tackle this. And most of the time, it's wrong. But uh, if it's math, you can get some partial credit. So always, always put something sure into paper. Yeah, show your work, baby. Although Andrew, the skip dan- the skip can be dangerous when you don't know most of the test, and then you destroy your confidence when you're skipping, and you're like, <laughs> I'm I don't know any of these. What am I gonna do? Yeah, it's true. But I did. I want to say I had. I don't know if it was high school or college, but I had a classmate that like problem number one, she never got past. Like was stuck. <laughs> And just right on the first boss, spent the whole time <laughs> on like one single problem, and was just devastated because uh, couldn't get through. So you can't, you gotta, you gotta find the right balance. Yeah, my first college about, exam, just real quick, physics. I was, you know, your first test in college, you want to do well. Usually, I'm gonna do your problems, do a quick check, hand it in. I finished early. I was like, you know what? I'm going to sit here. I'm going to take the rest of the class, triple check everything, use all my time. As I stood up to hand it in with like two minutes left, I realized I had missed the last page. And the question was like 30% of the exam. And let me tell you about a bad feeling. You got to hand it in knowing you just wasted a whole course bombing uh, your first test. I was going to say, I was going to add a little bonus when you find out that you missed the back of the piece of paper for the test. Devastating. I saw the question, like, as I was doing the last, I only was, like, standing up and just flipping. And then I could see the text of the question through the second to last sheet. And I was like, oh, no. And then you turn it, you read it, you realize how much it's worth. Also, yeah. like, can we fucking not just use both sides of the paper like on a test just use one side so that it's very yeah. clear see that's where i'm at also like they should at the beginning they should tell you how many problems there are so that as you're going through i mean there's a million staples uh, we're relying on staples to hold this whole thing together yeah. which you know especially depending on the, the course like you're ripping that thing out i have a uh kind of a tangent story which was devastating to me. So I was sitting in, oh man, it was like stress analysis, I want to say, or dynamic systems, one of the two. So like a junior or senior level like engineering course. And I remember sitting down and I was so stressed out at this. This is one of those ones you talked about, Chris, like looking at the page and having no idea that in fact, my nose, I started to get a nosebleed. And there was like five minutes left in the class. I'm racing through. Talk about last stress problem. analysis. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Stress paralysis, perhaps. Um, <laughs> but I'm racing through to finish the problem. So I just plug my nose to hold it in because I'm like, I only have four minutes. Like, if I don't finish this problem, I'm not like I'm not going to do well. So I'm holding my nose as I have an active nosebleed, and then I finish it, <clears throat> and I go to release because like just out of habit, I like forgot I, I was having a nosebleed i go to release and it just squirts all over that page of the project and i was yeah i was just devastated i was embarrassed and then i immediately had to go to the bathroom to plug my nose so 
that was the, probably the most interesting <laughs> test taking experience yeah. in my life. What do you even do? Just you have to like get a new test. You, you can't, can't hand, hand that in. in. Yeah. Yeah, I think I, I think I. I mean, this was years ago. But I think I the, obviously the professor saw what was happening, and then he just allowed me to transfer what I had written over, and then over. submit the yeah the bloody one. It was bad. He's like, bad. I don't want this Jeez. fucking blood on my hands. Yeah, what a scene holding it in. Your head would explode. It terrified me. Yeah, don't ever do that because it just builds up. Like I was, I was probably drinking it. I don't know. Like I don't know how that worked, but yeah. you know, when you have a bloody nose. You have the right away. You can just run out of whatever room you're in. Head tilted back. Nobody's going to question anything. I feel I, I, I get a lot of bloody noses. Or I used to, especially when I'm in Colorado. It's like the driest air. I, I, so I've, I think I do, but I, that's just my self-diagnosis. What I've read. And then just to round this out, I'll tell, I'll share my test taking story. Definitely not as dramatic or bone chilling as Andrew's or Chris's, but I was so in, in college I took the, it was the second sort of intermediate accounting course for your major, probably the hardest course that you take <clears throat> as an accounting major. And it was a Tuesday, Thursday course, but the exams that we would take would be Friday evenings at like five o'clock. So we, there were two sessions. It was crazy. It was absolute insanity. That is the most savage <laughs> course I've ever heard of. Like a five yeah, p.m. on a Friday. That should be illegal. Yeah. And it, they were like, it was like a two-hour test. So your Friday night was basically ruined. Not that I was going out and doing stuff, anyways. But we. So it's like in this separate lecture hall. Everyone sits down, and it, like I said, hardest course, two-hour test. Everyone sits down. Ten minutes into the test, someone stands up and turns in the paper and everyone, everyone looked up in the faces of shock that were on our faces because we thought this person finished the test in 10 minutes. But then the professor was like, no, don't worry. He started like three hours ago. He just had to leave to like catch a train home. And we're just all just like, oh my God. Okay. Like this kid is not just some like super genius. But I, when this person stood up, there were like 500 eyes on him, just glaring him down. So. Yeah, that is a huge flex, though, being the first one to just blow through a test, strut up to the desk, and they're like, you done? Fucking slap it down. <laughs> so it's done, baby. <laughs> Let everyone watch you walk out. Yeah, unbelievable. Maybe okay, even, so that was the first one. Maybe even Second. a little fart on the way out. I can't say I've ever done that, but do I wish I would have done it? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, second situation finding a curly fry in a basket of regular fries that you ordered oh, buying all no, day long so. no it's it's also like uh at back in the day at bk when they had the onion rings like sometimes <clears> you would get those in your fries that's a bonus like that's 100 percent. love that also shout out guy fieri at one of his restaurants he gives you a when you order fries you get a I'd say like charcuterie board of fries. You have curly, you have tots, you have steak Genius. fries. So you get a little bit of everything wow. in one order, which I'm all here for it. You know, that's actually you, a genius but... idea, but I, yeah. the thing in onion ring, I, I guess I'd be a little more excited about, but there's something about like a curly fry where it just makes me think that the food's dirty. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> like in my head, I'm like, it's a little, it's not like the soft curly fry. It's like a crunchy, 
you know the ones with the pointy tails and you're like yeah, this has those. been floating in the fryer for two hours now and i finally got it in my order <laughs> well <clears throat> i'm buying that uh number three eating a white chocolate chip cookie but realizing that it's a macadamia nut bye love macadamia nut in my cookie sell i don't like macadamia nuts and any nut that i thought was chocolate is no bueno in my world so so yeah. i think a macadamia might be better than a cashew in the nut hierarchy i love macadamia nuts all right where are they from macadamia. macadamia hawaii oh Ooh, i didn't know that i think, I think that's I think, true i think the best nut is pistachios personally uh, they're good. A cashew so luxurious, though. It's too rich. Cashews. It's like butter. It's basically like butter in a kidney bean shape. Yeah, that's if you eat much. like a handful of cashews, it turns into like peanut butter in your mouth. It's great. No, not for me. Next, uh, we've discussed this previously, but waking up in the middle of the night only to realize that it's two a.m. and not actually morning. So this happened to me this week. 2.30 a.m. Woke up out of a nightmare. So that was not great. But when I looked over to my phone, uh, 2.30 a.m., I after I my heart rate came down from thinking I was <laughs> about to be killed, I looked at my clock and immediately was relieved and then promptly fell asleep for another eight hours. I slept till... Wow. That was the day I texted you guys. I slept till like 10 a.m., which... I honestly have it. I can't tell you the last time I did that. Yeah, I would buy, but there is a threshold where like maybe 4 a.m. where I'm like, I would rather not be up right now because there's not enough time to get a good fall back to sleep before I have to get up for real. Yeah. So I think that's like between 3.30 and 4 is the yeah. that threshold. Okay. Next, jump scares in horror movies. So I hate horror movies. I hate jump scares sell hard sell yep echo chris i do not like horror movies especially we were just talking last night about saw like saw um not a huge fan of i didn't know there were 10 now but i don't like <laughs> scary movies i'd rather do a comedy or even just some action adventure and no scary movies so <laughs> sell okay and the next unexpected situation. How about end scenes after the credits in movies? I'm selling these now. I used to, it was nice when like not everybody did them. And now that it's a thing, the annoying part is when you're in the movie theater and then people start actively stay, make sure you stay. Like they're talking out loud about staying for the end scene. If people still walk out, how crazy is that? You know, it's coming. Yeah. What are you doing? Yeah. Yeah, especially the Marvels. Um, I would normally say I agree with everything you said. However, uh, also considering the, what is it, the SAFTA strike that just happened, I'm going to buy because it gives you a chance to see everyone that contributed to the movie in the credits. So shout out to the working class and that experience. But I agree with you, Chris, on face value. It's, it's overdone now, overplayed. How about next Pixar shorts that used to be at the start or at the start of movies? 
by that old guy playing chess and the snowman and the snow globe buy those yeah i think i'm buying as well any opportunity to have some variety i mean that's the whole point of like the um not commercials what what is the the trailers preview previews yeah the previews i mean it just gets your juices flowing you know like what's this oh what's that uh, that looks great i'm gonna check that out so and uh, they always feel kind of artsy like i watch them and i'm like this is cinema this is what animation should be <laughs> yeah, I, I remember the one that had the birds that were on the power line yeah my children love that it's like to this day it's only three minutes long i've watched <laughs> it probably a million times and i agree it's <laughs> Like sometimes you just need a little taste of something. You don't need like the full meal. You just want a little appetizer, a little amouge bouche, if you will, and uh, <laughs> and uh, it, it's enough to whet your appetite. Well, speaking of um, just wetting your appetite, how about the next only one wipe after you take a dump? I'm gonna buy because in, if you're in that situation, you had like one of those golden poops where. You're saying one wipe to satis, but like you don't need another one. That's how I'm yeah. picturing it. It's like a clean, yeah. clean swipe. I, I'm selling because you can never just trust one. Like sometimes you, in my head, when that happens, it's like, did I miss the mark? <laughs> all the and therefore, I'm going to check one more time because <laughs> you always need a backup. That's why we have two pilots. Flying in a plane, you always have a checks and balances, uh, two wipe minimum in my neck of the woods. Yeah. But you know when you're taking the poop, like when you're as you're pooping, you're like, this one is a good one. You can you can feel it. <laughs> Cleaned. Uh okay. How about a shark? I mean, so why would anyone ever want to do that? Yeah, that's uh it's happened to me a few times in my life. And none, none of those experiences have been enjoyable. Yeah. Shout out dad. One time, well, I don't bear it. One time he called me <laughs> on his drive home. He had shit his pants and he made me unlock the cellar door. <laughs> Go right to the washer. <laughs> not to right to the trash. I'm not putting that in the washer. Oh yeah. I just uh, throw it away. Yeah. Okay. Next, uh, finding two fortunes in one fortune cookie. So, because that to me, if you have two, you have none. It's like quarterbacks. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I would say, yeah, then, yeah, sell because it's like the universe isn't built that way. You get one fortune out of your cookie. You look on the back to see if any of your favorite numbers are part of the numbers that are on there. Otherwise, if it's not, I dispose of that fortune. It wasn't meant for me, it was meant for somebody yeah. else and uh go on with my life so when you have two yeah too much two is too much except with wipes one is none with wipes two is none with fortune cookies yeah i might actually get some takeout chinese takeout tonight give me a little yeah anchoring for some rangoons <laughs> some goons baby uh okay how about the next stat corrections in fantasy sports like a couple days later Oh, no, because I, uh, fantasy baseball, Yahoo Sports absolutely hosed me with John. John had a closer that somehow got a win and a save in the same game. <laughs> whereupon, and that actually impacted the standings. I ended up winning 
that I think I ended up winning that season anyway, but it changed the outcome of an otherwise like win for me. And I emailed Yahoo Sports, said Yahoo Sports, and I said, I also looked up the rule book from MLB and sent it in the email. I probably saw it safe somewhere, but basically yeah, they came back and up. said like, sorry, but we like, we can't correct it. And it is what it is. And I was <laughs> fuming. I was fuming. So anti shout out to Yahoo Sports. I'm out on fantasy stats. I'm, I think it's just because I'm getting older. Like I, the other day I was watching football and I thought to myself, they should just get rid of replay entirely. I'm sick of like everything slow-mo from a thousand different angles. It's to me, it's just keep the game moving. So that's where I'm at in sports. Just turning into an old man. I um was, I had seen something recently about like offsides in soccer and how like the spirit of the rule is just meant to be that you don't like cherry pick things, but it's gotten so like, and you know, given and disfair advantage to the offense, but like it's gotten so crazy that we're talking about someone's elbow being a millimeter past something like that's not offsides. That's not the spirit of what the rule is, but that's yeah. just like where we are in. Rules, yes. You know, that's, that's why I do give a shout out to MLB because they've, I think they've done a good job with, umpires like that the human element is part of these games like if it's just going to be black or white and everything like then there's no point in humans playing you might as well just have robots yeah. out there so yeah. i think yeah i 100 percent agree i think I me mean, baseball has a lot of issues but i think like the strike zone box is great and the fact that they give you like the stats at the end of the game about like how many missed calls there were awesome but at the end of the day it's like it's a it's humans playing a game there's the human element and we can't get too advanced otherwise it's not enjoyable yeah and like you're right baseball is good but like for football the point of sports is to entertain you so if you're stopping every big play to look at it six times you've ruined all the excitement and the momentum like to me it's not necessarily whether about the call is right or wrong it's just keep me entertained yeah and all the missed calls even out over time i feel like yeah, I think they do that, though, to get more advertising time because they have to take breaks and this and that, or they just get a longer broadcast, honestly, because, like, to me, I, this has been the argument in football forever. Have a guy in the box, just like, or New York, making the calls, like, correcting the calls and then calling it in. Like, you don't have to pause the game to have the crew there run to a on-field camera to then watch it for five minutes. You've got people already doing that somewhere. Or I guarantee you could build some sort of sophisticated AI that's that can tell you exactly what the call should be like in immediate time you know like come on if we're going to be advanced like be advanced don't like have this in between where we want to be perfect but we're still using humans to interpret it like that makes no sense yeah or like they can't they can only use the stadium angles and not the broadcast angles of the camera like what are we doing what the hell is that is that a thing yeah so the like a lot of times when you're watching a broadcast They'll say, like, it shows it here, but the refs can't view this because they can only view the way the cameras are set up in the stadium. That's all they have access to, the which is crazy. Is if you have a camera angle showing a play, if you're going to review it, like, give it to them. I don't know. That's why I'm out on football. I'm done. I hate it. Yeah. Next. American. Yeah. Next. When you wake up in the morning, not expecting a snow day, but you got a foot of snow on the ground. Surprise snow day for those who live in wintry. <clears throat> yeah. 
one of the best feelings it's an in adult the world. Sell when you're a kid, buy. <laughs> yeah, actually, good point. That's a great point. Waking up and saying I have to fucking shovel my driveway right now, and then go to work. No, <laughs> nothing. Uh, next, uh, waking up and realizing that you forgot to run the dishwasher overnight. Sell. I understand why, as like growing up, dad would get so angry when he asked, like me personally, to turn on or just push in the dishwasher <laughs> yeah. door. Like it was already set up. Push it in. That's all you had to do. I would forget, go to bed. And then in the morning, he would be irate, even though it didn't matter in that context. Uh, but now having young kids of my own, running the dishwasher at night is efficient. Sometimes I like to run it after dinner, after the kids go down, empty it. Therefore, in the morning, I can just start loading stuff in there. But it can kind of mess up your whole flow because then you get your sink backed up with 30 dishes because you don't have space in your dishwasher. And then it's just the floodgates open. So it's I'm selling. Yeah, I would say it depends on, like, you have kids, so it's crucial that the dishes are getting cleaned. For me, I do it as a routine. I just run it overnight. And if I forget, sometimes it's a little treat in the morning to be like, oh. I don't have to empty this right now. I'll run it and then I'll empty it when I get home from work. So in that sense, bye. Okay. Next, back to the sports, uh, cheating scandals in sports. When you're, let's say your favorite team is embroiled in a cheating scandal. I'm selling because at the end of the day, I feel like everyone is cheating to some degree. Some are more intense than others, but everyone's, competitive part of being competitive is pushing the limits sometimes pushing the limits you break the rules and they should be there should be repercussions like you know unlike the houston astros uh john which i don't know if you have any comments on however uh i think people blow out of proportion like everyone do you speed like you're cheating the law if you speed you know did you ever cheat on a test like everyone's been there and done some sort of cheating like you ever kill a man? Come on. <laughs> I agree with Andrew. I'm selling only because there's too much media coverage now. Like in the past, it was like gamesmanship and there's, you know, it's like fun stories of teams in like the 50s and 60s cheating. And it's like, I don't know, it's part of the culture of the team. Now it's just annoying. Every yeah. little like deflate gate and the Michigan thing right now, I'm sick of it. So. I'm out on it. Um, the last two. Spelling a complicated word correctly. Bye. I'm selling because I spell, I mean, there's just spell check built into everything. So whether I spell it right or wrong, it's going to be right when it comes through. Yeah, but it's nice like, yeah, when you're texting someone and you're like, I don't know if this is how you do it, but you hit space and then it's like, right? That's nice. Well, cushion I don't know why, but like cushion, I've never been able to spell correctly. And every time I'm writing it out, I'm questioning, is this correct? I finally have figured it out now at 30 something years old, but without How spell are you check, spelling? like C-O-U-S-H-I-O-N or something like, wow, Cush, <laughs> like, I don't know how to spell it. Spell turmeric. <laughs> yeah. So that. Yeah, I'm selling. I'm selling. In 2023, I don't need to learn how to spell anything. It just does it for me. Hmm. I'm buying that. And lastly, 
receiving a letter in the mail unexpectedly. So, because I always think it's like, one, it's, you, I hate junk mail. I also hate my mailman. But two, if somebody's sending me a letter, it's never, like, I feel like it's not a good thing. Or a Christmas card, like, what am I'll be honest, I keep those until Christmas and then I throw them all out. Yeah. That's fine. Uh, they're supposed to be that's for family. For friends, I just put them right in the trash. I don't need to see my friends' families <laughs> on my fucking fridge. Yeah, I, you know, I'm just selling mail. Like, it's like email. Snail mail has become just an opportunity for advertising. Like, I'm just sick of... Remember when you guys bought your house? Like, you get all this junk mail because now your name yeah. is like an address is in a public directory and you just get inundated with shit like i'm so tired of being exploited for like advertising and i just wish like there's no point in having actual mail like a mailbox get rid of a mailbox everything can just be delivered to your door like through ups or fedex like we don't need a mailbox where people can just send me stuff unsolicited i despise yeah. it yeah i despise it so um, shout out to Steve, super fan Steve, who I believe is a mailman. He works for USPS. Um, if you could talk to your superiors about this, it would be much appreciated. Thank you. Party, that's they can't. This is the game. As a former college mail room clerk, that's how the post office makes all their money is junk mail, because all those companies are paying for postage to mail it around. So it's like a to John's adage of the. What was that snake eating itself called? The Uruburos? Yeah, the Uruburo. The Ugabuga is, that's the post <laughs> office. Junk mail, buy stamps, deliver mail. They're their own little ecosystem. I know, and but if, just something has, if something has to exist, like, and to be subsidized by, like, the evil, I just fundamentally, I'm like, I don't understand. Also, speaking of Uruburos, like, John mentioned that, and then immediately I <laughs> saw. What was the new movie I saw with what's the new Marvel movie that just came out? Oh, the Marvels. Um, in the Marvels, there is a reference to Uraburos, or however you say that. And I was I knew what it meant because of John. So thank you. John. I was thinking about that. You know how salamanders can lose their tail and grow it back? Could a salamander eat itself self sustain by eating no. its own tail? There's not enough nutrients in its own. You wouldn't get everything you need. Is there? Because you're made of, you are what you eat, as some say. So if you eat yeah. what you are, then you are what you eat. It's going back into you. Yeah. This no. is me. This you is what I need. If I eat myself, I don't need anything more because I am what I eat. Yeah. What I am. No. <laughs> no. Wrong. Like you can't create or destroy matter. So if you're just constantly consuming your own matter, how do you die? Because the human or bot like bodies can't naturally develop like vitamin D, for example. Yeah, we need the sun is and or sun D to do that. There is an amino acid or something that we don't naturally have in our body that we must consume from yeah. some other source. So but you could go a while, like a salamander yeah. could. I mean, if, well, a guy can yeah, I mean off, if a guy could live off McDonald's for a year or whatever it was, then I'm pretty sure a salamander could eat itself and be okay for a you little bit. You lived off McDonald's for a year? Somebody Super did. sized me guy? Didn't? Oh, that the whole, yeah. yeah. No, he, I don't think, well, that was propaganda. 
Also, I saw a thing that said a potato and butter has all the nutrients you need to survive. So, could you see buttered potatoes forever? Isn't that what the Irish did? I think that's not. They didn't have potatoes, so they were dying. Well, so they had potatoes, but they were getting exported. Potatoes, they lost the potatoes, and then <laughs> they fell into the depths of disparity. So, I think you might be right there, Chris. Yeah. Potatoes with butter and salamander tails. We'll, we'll yeah. Bridge yeah. You put a salamander, a potato, and butter, it could live forever. <laughs> Unbelievable. Any uh, any unexpected situations that you guys would want to bring up before we close this segment up? Yes. When you go to open the door and somebody like you're pulling the door open and somebody is pushing the door to exit at the same time. That's scary. That's, so a, yeah. You know, you ever see things where it's like, like in hindsight, what would we look back on and realize that we're living in a, in a simulation? You ever see those things? That to me is one of them where it's like the number of times that like I'm coming in and out of a bathroom at work and someone else is just immediately pushing the door open as I'm pulling it. It's like, okay, I, John opens the door, start animation. It's like too often that happens. It happens to you a lot. It it doesn't happen all the fucking time. All wow. the fucking time. It's rare for me. Maybe like yeah. once or twice a year. Same. This is I'm I'm talking like once a day minimum. You just how many doors are you opening a day? You just walk two to get in and out of the bathroom. That works. John's in a revolving door and he thinks it's just <laughs> happening all the time. <laughs> um, how about when? I mean, there's a bunch of unexpected things. Um, so how about when you get your finding car? Finding $5 in your jacket pocket after you yeah. winter jacket. Yeah, like finding money somewhere that you didn't expect it is always a great feeling. Um, how about like when your significant other like goes grocery shopping and you come home to like, or like does something, one of the chores that you normally do and you come home and it's already done and you're just like, wow, now I have all this time to do something else that I wasn't anticipating. <laughs> yeah or like when you buy yourself like sometimes i'll get like a ben and jerry's and then i forget i bought it and then you open the freezing you're like fuck yeah i forgot i had this little treat for myself <laughs> yeah or you forget about daylight savings when the clocks go back and you wake up and you're like man i feel so well rested <clears throat> and it's only 7 a.m like it's suspicious how well yeah. rested i feel yeah it's a great it's a great feeling yeah tax returns then you think you're getting back it's a nice little bump very well okay that was buy or sell so now back to the episode so krang for uh the little half an hour diatribe that we just went on but krang if we remember is going to pay lotus 100 pounds of gold to catch the turtles and he does say he's like not only are you going to bring the turtles to me but i'm going to the surface i'm going topside so up i go so shredder and bebop rocksteady covered in feathers and oil they are in the techno or i mean the transport module and they come up right in front of a hotel and they're checking they're checking into a hotel because we all know in mas maslow maslow's hierarchy of needs shelter is number one and so I believe that's right. Don't question me. They come up, 
they check into the hotel. The hotel manager makes a few jokes about their, you know, chicken costumes. Um, but regardless, they check in and as they're walking to the rooms, we get a slow zoom on the TV in the lobby of this hotel and it's April and she is doing her first story for the romantic evening news. Did I miss why like, did Shredder be Bob Rock say leave in, um, like were they basically excommunicated because they lost a uh, shredder lost the battle with Lotus or were they just so is that what happened? So it was because shredder knew that Lotus was there to replace him. So he's like, I'm going to go get the turtles first just to spite you and prove yeah, that okay. I know what I'm doing. That's, That's what, what I thought, but I wasn't sure if it was like mandated by Ninja code that he must leave after being beat. Um, shredder asked for a room with a bath. <laughs> Did you did you hear that line? I mean, yeah. obviously he's hard and feathered. So, but can I have a room with a bath, like a hotel room with a bathtub? Which this hotel? So that was my comment was going to be, Krang is giving away millions in gold. Shredder can't afford a nicer hotel. This place is run down. It's off brand. This seems to be an independent hotel chain. And then yeah, he asks for one room, even though there's three of them with a bath. He's poor. I don't know. Let me tell you, I would not recommend using a bathtub at any hotel because yeah, that's that just, just seems like a cesspool of germs and things that probably. I'm... And if you're in a hotel with a bath, that's like a low quality hotel. I don't know, John, because no, the hotel John, at wrong. your wedding, the hotel at your wedding, John, had oh, a that's very right. nice bath. It had a that very, right. very claw tooth, claw. What do they? What do they call it? Claw, claw tooth bath. Claw foot. Claw, claw foot tooth. bathtub. Claw foot. It was. I, I used that bathtub. Incredible. Yes, I. Uh, my my daughter did as well, and it was quite prestigious. I would imagine so. that one is queen. So I, for work, used to <laughs> a lot of Hilton Garden Inn visits, and one time they upgraded me. Like, do you want an upgrade? Sure, I'd love an upgrade. I got one of those rooms that had the jacuzzi tub. And I was like, this is actually a downgrade, it feels like. So I don't want this room. Yeah. Because who knows what's going on in that thing? Sex. Probably. Yeah. So we get the first story of the romantic news set. And April is at the Olaf Perfume Factory, where she's interviewing, I assume, the president or the creator of the perfume factory, where. He's saying we have a device that can, it's a scent analyzer that can sniff out any fragrance. So if it smells something, it can f just sniff it out and go find it. And it's guard, it's under lock and key guarded by a couple guards 24 hours a day. But as they're reporting, two guards come flying through the steel door and then they run off because they're scared. And we've come to find that the scent analyzer has been stolen and in its place, a white Lotus was left. So crime right under April's nose. What was the, this is this concept is stolen from some other movie where they leave like a calling card behind, right? I don't know. It's what like is every serial to? killer. It feels like, yeah. Scent analyzer. Just made me think of White Lotus, the TV show, which I've never seen. But mm -hmm. yes, maybe there's. I don't know if that's about ninjas. Probably not. It's not. 
It is not. So scent analyzer has been stolen. A white lotus left in its place. We then go to Aqualand, which is a land of aqua in the city. And a tour. A tour guide is recently finishing up being run by, I believe, Dr. Gilman is is the person's name, but Dr. Gilman. Like gills on a fish. Mm. Mm. And Aqualand so he's just SeaWorld knockoff, if you didn't piece that together. Mm. I get that. Makes sense. I did. I did. And a tour is finished. Lotus is there and she sticks around after the tour and is basically like, hey, Dr. Gilliman, you um, did some DNA sequencing on turtles. I would like to see that. And he's like, sorry, tied up after this. Can't talk to you. She is like, yes, you are tied up. Ties him up, puts him in his office, threatens him, karate chops an executive desk in half. Not sure if you saw this. That is impressive. Solid oak, I believe. Mahogany, perhaps. Chopped right in half. So we know Lotus is fucking badass. She eventually gets the DNA sequencing of the turtles and leaves a white lotus behind again. In the turtle lair, April is there, and she's talking with the turtles, and she's like, hey, someone stole the scent analyzer. They left this flower here. And we don't know what's going on. And they, I think Leonardo at some point says yes. And we also learned that another white lotus was left at Aqualand after the turtle DNA was stolen. And Splinter in the meantime is like, hmm. This gives me an inkling of something from the past. What that is, we'll find out shortly. Andrew, Chris, I have a question for you. The room staying in. I don't know if you remember this scene. What room was it? It was like a room I'd never seen before. In the turtle air? Yeah, when April's explaining, like she's holding the lotus when this conversation's going on, they're in some room that I couldn't figure out what room of the turtle air it was. Huh. I don't remember that scene, but I'll look it up real quick as we're discussing other things and um, weigh in on my opinion. I will say though, and this may be coming up or may have already happened. We didn't cover it. The scent analyzer is not what I expected it to look like. It's essentially a, like the old school barrel, like vacuum cleaner bases with a hose and a physical nose on the end of it. So that, I was like, of all the things they could make this look like, that is exactly what like a five-year-old would draw it to look like. And I wasn't a big fan of that um, at all. But I was also confused. Like before the genetic code thing happened, scent analyzer, when they were stealing that at first, I was like, what? Where are we going with this? And then the genetic code, like I started to piece it together, but... um, not too bad of an idea like in terms of finding the layer we've there's been a few people that have found the turtles layer shredder is not one of them we've got baxter we've got lotus uh, and there's probably at least one or two other people but not shredder and so lotus already like one upping shredder again in the yeah, immediate her first plan episode. just flawless yeah. flawless yeah so the plan to summarize is that she'll use the turtle dna 
give it to the sand analyzer, which will then go seek out the turtles. And because the turtles are so big, they'll be easier to find. She's Lotus is explaining all this to Krang, who's just like, man, you have a flair for the scientific. I fucking love this. And uh, off she Chris, goes. I do see now where April was standing. So that is the hallway to the, the turtle's bedroom. So you're talking about this scene? Yeah, I was like, what room? I don't think I had ever seen that room before. Hmm. Yeah, so this is... Um, it's the hallway to the turtle's bedroom. So in the living room, uh, you've got three rooms that connect. You have the kitchen. You walk into the living room. You've got the kitchen on the left. Uh, the TV and the couch are on the right. There's the weapons room tunnel on the far right by the TV-ish. Um, and then like essentially like in front of you, but diagonal kind of like kitty corner is the path to the hallway. It's an archway, in fact. And once you get in there, you have the four turtles bedrooms. And if you keep going straight, you get to Splinter's bedroom. So that's, it's a, it's a shot from like looking from Splinter's bedroom angle upon looking like, towards the living room. So yeah, that's Foyer that. Foyer for the bedrooms. Yeah. The bedroom yes. wing. The common, yeah, the common hallway, if you will. Perfect. Well, we are back. Yeah, this scene Andrew just showed is where we go back to. So we know Lotus is sniffing out the turtles. April, in the meantime, is still in the turtle lair. She's got 15 minutes before her next story is due. And this is where Splinter is like, man, this really, all this really reminds me of a ninja back in Japan who was just way too good. She was basically beating the shit out of all her ninja masters because she was so advanced. And this is just ringing a bell. My spidey sense is tingling. And the turtles are like, wow, what a fucking great and convenient flashback splinter. What was the name of this ninja? And he goes, her name was, and then pause for dramatic effect, crashing through the brick wall is Lotus. And she comes in with my name is Lotus. And she as a couple of foot soldiers, they and we got some fight scene music here. Foot soldiers fire a stun gun at Splinter immediately and trap him in a red, shiny bubble. He's stunned. The turtles, in the meantime, are just fucking going ape on the foot soldiers. So I think at some point, Raph throws his size, smashes open a pipe. One of the foot soldiers gets like doused and then electrocuted we do get a cowabunga here not sure if you guys heard this april so as all this is happening burn is like all right cut to april we need the story and she's like too fucking bad i'm filming this fight scene this ninja fight scene so live on air we get this fight scene from the turtles um yeah just just wanted to say the uh, so lotus in the 87 series um, it's interesting because a lot of uh, fans of TMNT, like on Reddit, where I live uh, late at night, they there's another female character that's in other, um, not in the 87 series, but in other, I guess, um, universes of TMNT, the comics, etc., called Karai, K-A-R-A-I. If I'm saying that wrong, I apologize, but she is uh, looks very similar to Lotus. So the question is, 
and who was Karai. She was a high-ranking member of the Foot Clan. In a lot of um, iterations, she's depicted as Shredder's like right-hand person or daughter in some instances, adopted daughter or a physical actual daughter. Um, but I just want to set the record straight. This episode was in 89. It preceded her introduction in 1992. So Lotus perhaps was the inspiration for Karai. I don't know. Or it's just separate separate entities and people just like to um, piece them together. Who knows? Yeah, that is very interesting because in the Star Wars universe, there is currently, I think it's currently in, on Disney Plus, there's a series where there's a female, it's like Darth Vader's, uh, what do you want to call it, protege, that's a female, similar type deal. Ashoka, yeah, and, Ashoka, something like that. Yeah, and we know we know that, uh, or we assume that Laird and Eastman pulled a lot of inspiration from Star Wars, right? We've seen a lot of that in the '87 yeah. series and in the comics. So it, I mean, it probably, yeah, probably is the same thing. Interesting. My two yeah. comments on this fight, though. One, there's a fucking doorway right next to where they kick through the wall, so maybe use that next time. And two, is Splinter <laughs> the first one to ever get stunned? It's the first time any of those laser guns have ever hit anyone, I think. Yeah, and I didn't know they were stun guns. I mean, maybe there's different... I mean, obviously, Bebop and Rocksteady have different ones. Yeah. But that stun was intense. Like, And, by the way, foot soldiers, there's lots of them, and they are making moves right now. So, bravo. Oh, they are. Bravo. Yeah. So, they... You know, fight scene continues. April's filming it. Um, I think we, you know, we get a cutscene in the midst of this to Channel Six where Irma is getting phone calls from angry customers because they're just like, "What the fuck is this? I didn't. Are you rerunning an old ninja movie? Like, what's going on here?" So Vern is pissed. So pissed, in fact, that he's like, "April's done, Vern. You have to go out and get me a, a story for the next segment." Back in the turtle layer, the foot soldiers carry out Splinter, so he is taken away, and. The Ninja Turtles realize that they go to run out of the sewer to chase. Three of them make it out before Lotus jumps in front of Leonardo and is like, okay, big boy, you're going to fight me now before you get Splinter. So Lotus and Leonardo start going at it. Leo is immediately flabbergasted, I would say, awestruck. He's just like, wow, this she's amazing. I love that first sight kind of thing. And they fight. They're like going at it. April's filming it. They're like, you know, basically a dead heat. As April's filming this, it's because it's on the news. Back in the hotel, Shredder, Bebop, and Rocksteady see this on the TV, and they're just like, "Oh yes!" Like they start rooting for Leonardo to basically annihilate Lotus. They're like ripping up the couch. Bebop is fucking punching holes in the wall. Shredder is like mashing chairs to the point where the hotel owner is like, <laughs> I got to turn this TV off. This is like riling you up too much. And then Splinter, I think at that point, smashes another chair and he, turn, he flips it back on. But they're just like so fucking amped because they want the turtle. They want Leonardo to defeat Lotus. I thought that was funny. Yeah, April, by the way, this turtle layer is supposed to be a secret and you're broadcasting their house on national TV. So 
I know the story is most important to her, but maybe a little bit of consideration for the turtle's privacy. Yeah. Yeah. A very fraternity house-like uh, actions by Shredder, Bebop, and Rocksteady. Like, I know the feeling of when you get amped up, <laughs> but I've never just ripped arms off of couches and uh, karate chop tables in half. So maybe just dial it back a notch, Shredder. Yeah. Just a little bit. Yeah. Um, so as Leo and Lotus are fighting, they basically are like, hey, we're getting kind of tired. So should we just surrender? And Leonardo's like, I'm never going to surrender to you. Lotus, in a move, surrenders her sword and gives it to Leonardo, who grabs it. But as he grabs it, she pushes a button on the handle, which fires a rocket out of the fucking handle of the sword and then blasts him into a wall where he's then just stunned taking them back at that point i think lotus then leaves right and the turtles come back to find leonardo stunned and they're just like we, we couldn't find splinter this was like this is an issue and leo isn't like he's basically love drunk for with yes yeah. yeah i didn't like that i mean i admire his respect his mutual respect he did beat her i mean she she surrendered and then cheated so leo not very ninja like not very ninja like but what was the, what was the um saying from the early episode like his katanas have no match or something i can't remember his swordsmanship it was on full display here but i don't like the fact that he's now love struck with the bad guy yeah yes so this you know the turtles are like all right we got to go find Master Splinter. That's like what our goal is because our fucking sensei just got kidnapped right from under our noses. April is sent to Aqualand where she's going to do her next story on love because, you know, Burn sends her there, basically says, hey, it's a good spot where people can gaze at the stars and fall in love. At this point, Vern, as I mentioned, was set sent out to find another love story and really, he's looking for a florist to do a story on roses. He's fucking scrambling in the streets to the point where he's watching the televisions in the store sh front window and is like, all right, we're, go we're going to Vern now. And he's like, fuck, it's, I'm on. I don't even have anything. He puts the camera on the tripod and finds a woman in Little Tokyo who is selling what he believes are roses. But as part of the interview we find that they're actually lotus flowers. And the florist says, yes, there's this woman that lives right upstairs that just always buys these lotus flowers. And who do we know, Chris, is watching the television newscast from the hotel room? From the hotel room is Shredder and company watching this broadcast. Yes. And he's like, oh, I know where she lives now. Yes. And not only does he know where they live, but he knows that April is going to Aqualand. And his plan is what, Andrew? So this is a little payback from, was it season one with Baxter? Was that season one or season two when Baxter um, had captured, or Shredder had captured Michelangelo and tied him up in the chair in the warehouse? Crane came in and set Mikey free this is Shredder's revenge on that. So he plans this. He wants to sabotage Lotus 
by helping the turtles find um, where she presumed hideout is so that they could and that, that's the interesting thing here. I don't think he realizes, clearly shouldn't realize that Splinter has been captured, but he basically wants to send the turtles right to Lotus to sabotage Krang's plan. Yeah. Yeah. So his plan is drive the turtles to Lotus to beat them because he doesn't, because I guess he knows that he can't beat her. Right. And so he's going to go, all three of them are going to go to Aqualand and start mucking it up so that it attracts the turtles because they know if April's in danger, the turtles come. So actually kind of smart move. So yeah, his plan, I think he said his plan is that they'll destroy each other. That's why he wants them. Yeah. Fair point. Yep. Thanks for the clarification, Chris. So they drive off to Aqualand or they somehow get to Aqualand. The turtles now are, I don't know, back to watching television. They see that someone is causing a ruckus at Aqualand and they know it's Bebop and Rocksteady because they're on camera doing it, fucking wreaking havoc, tearing up benches, fucking chopping things in half. It's chaos. So they're like, all right, we're going to fucking roll. And they hop into the turtle van where Donnie is unfortunately driving the turtle van. But again, it's nighttime. And the fucking headlights on this thing, just great shot, great animation shots of everyone driving around in the turtle van. So they're driving around. Again, they see on the the news television, or the television in the turtle van, they know where to go. As they're rolling up to Aqualand, Shredder, Bebop, and Rocksteady see the turtle van. They hop into some like golf cart fucking tour guide thing and drive off and go right to the Lotus's hideout at this point. So in the hideout, Lotus has delivered Splinter to Krang. And she's demanding the gold, which is sitting right on the table at this point. And it's shining and it looks great. Did it look like a hundred pounds though? I don't how an ingot of gold, how much is how much does an ingot of gold weigh? Do we know in my head I don't know. I can I can look it up. In my head, like the big gold bricks, the cliche gold bricks are like one pound, but I know that's not true. No, Ingots. they're like I thought it looked like way more than a hundred pounds on the table. Yeah. It was like a uh, pyramid yeah. of gold bricks. Yeah. Those things so, I feel like are like ten pounds each. And uh whoa, gold ingots can vary in size, but under the good delivery rules, bars are required to weigh between three hundred and fifty and four hundred and thirty troy ounces, which is eleven to thirteen kigs. An example would be that a four hundred ounce ingot would contain three hundred and ninety eight ounces of fine gold. So they're like twenty pounds. Yeah, something like that. So not that. So there should have been five. five. <laughs> he had like five hundred on that thing. <laughs> Table yeah, it's should be 20, collapsing. Yeah, wild. It's actually it's twenty five, so it would be four of those bar, big big ass bars. That's a fucking heavy ass. Yeah. Damn. Well, Lotus is there, and she's like, "I want my payment." And Crane is like, "Well, one, I asked for the turtles, and you brought me Splinter, but I want like when you deliver me the turtles, then you get your gold. So relax." At that moment, the turtle van, well, Shredder, Bebop, Mark City get to 
the lair first and they jump into a garden level sort of little ditch that's right outside the door and they're spying on the turtles to then roll up as they hop out of the van right to the stoop Krang sees them and is like bring the rat to me and let's dangle him out the window so that we can fucking attract the turtles and then he's like hey turtles what does he say, Chris? I'm going to make this rat go splat. Yeah, he goes, he says, drop your weapons or I'll make this rat go splat. And then it yeah. cuts to commercial break. And then he repeats his joke with a different punchline and says, rat go flat. Yeah. Which made, made me laugh even harder because Krang's just like trying material out on the turtles yeah. while he's hanging Splinter out the window. Yeah. And the turtles are like, all right, we realize what's going on here. We We will surrender to get our master back. But Andrew, what is the turtles plan? Are they going to surrender? So <clears throat> they, so Leo hatches a plan. Hey, well, you guys buy me some time, surrender the weapons. I'm going to sneak around the back, uh, slip around the back to rescue splinter. So turtles drop their weapons, which I do have to note. I thought I saw Leo drop his katanas. I can't confirm that, but it's an important plot note at this or later. Um, so they drop them. Leo slips around the back, and then the rest of the turtles go to the turtle van, which there's so many weapons in that thing. Like, did you see how many they're pulling out? And it's a stalling technique, but there's probably a good like three or four dozen weapons that they're just ripping out axes, like spears, other katanas, other, you know, um, other weapons and it's yeah it's tremendous in fact yeah i mean yeah, how does so frank so not see leo sneaking around he's got a bird's eye view yeah and the foot soldiers too they're like standing right next to the turtles like watching them dump out the weapons like aren't you concerned that one of them is missing um but you know shredder bebop and rocksteady are onlook or uh bystanders to this they're hiding and they're like, damn, they're surrendering all those weapons. We don't even get to fight them using those. That would have been fun. But Shredder's like, don't worry. I got a plan on my sleeve. So Leo, who was sneaking around, eventually runs into Lotus in an empty room. And they fight. They start to fight again. And as they're fighting, Leo is like, Lotus, you're so good. Why don't you join us? Why don't we team up and we can fight evil together? And she's just like, I'm getting paid so fucking much to get you guys that there's no possible way that I'm going to do that. And then I think at some point, like they stab a radiator and steam starts to fucking billow out of this pink steam starts to billow out of this. And, and Lotus is basically like, this is never going to work because you don't respect my career. So too bad. Crank now is like, all right, he's looking out the window being like, this is fucking stop stalling get up here right now. So they all get um, brought up to the third floor where everybody is plus the gold. And Splinter, I think at this point, comes to and he's like, what the fuck's going on here? I've been stunned for so long. I don't know what's happening. Just as Lotus is about to get paid, barging through the door is Shredder, Bebop, and Rocksteady. And they're just like, Krang. Do not pay Lotus. She has gone behind your back in a love affair with Leo. She's, you know, whatever. She's pulling a fast one on you. And Lotus is like, what the fuck are you talking about? I That's not even close to what's happening. Uh, 
And then this everyone starts to fight. So chaos ensues on this third floor. Yeah, Krang, first of all, Krang looking out the window is just very funny. The the way they animated it, his little face peeping over the windowsill every time they cut to the building yeah. makes me laugh. Two dirty move by Shredder to just flat out lie at this point. <laughs> his plan has failed. He just pops up and lies right to Krang's face. And Krang buys it instantly. He calls off the deal. Yeah, he yeah, he says Lotus like, is this true? She's like, my personal life has nothing to do with this. And he just goes up, oh, deals off, no gold. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. And at this point, the turtles are like, hey, we actually didn't surrender all of our weapons. We kept the ones that we care about, which are their fucking awesome weapons. So minus one for the foot soldiers for not making them surrender everything. Yeah, and even even before that, um, I meant to mention earlier, but where did Leo's, when he went through the room to first interact with Lotus, it was like a shot from his back. And he, as he's walking in, there's no katanas in his little mm. holsters. And then when he gets in the room and it flips like to Lotus's angle, looking at him, he has a single katana. So this is where I was like, well, obviously, it's a cartoon; not everything has to make sense. But uh, yeah, I thought they had dropped all the weapons, and they did not, in fact. So hiding them in their back shell. Yeah. Yes. And so. At this point, April and Vern are doing their last story, and they come right back up to this uh, uh, flower vendor that sells lotuses to Lotus. And as April is interviewing the shop owner, a foot soldier comes crashing through the window, like fucking splat right next to them. Vern like fucking panics, and he's out of there, and April's like, hell yeah. Like, I'm doing this interview. Burn, you're going to get your last romantic story. This is going to be great. The fight scene that happens on the third floor is a little bit chaotic, but what we know is that the foot soldiers get absolutely trounced, thrown out the window, beaten up. I think at some point, um, Bebop and Rocksteady are carrying a table above their head, I think trying to like sneak out of the fight. Leo is like, what are you doing? Cuts it in half. As he cuts the table in half, a shard of wood rockets into Krang and blows up the bubble walker. <laughs> Krang, who is having a great episode up until this point, Krang goes tumbling out, like splats on the floor right next to Shredder, who is sneaking out of a window to escape because he's just like, I, I got to get out of here. Krang begs, he's like, please, please take me with you. I'll do anything. Shredder is like too fucking bad. Like I'm leaving you here. I'm, I'll write you a poison pen letter in jail. Like you're dead to me. Eventually though, he does pick him. He's like, I'll take you if you stop making fun of me. And Crank's like, yes, I'll stop making fun of you. You idiot. Shredder picks him up, goes sliding down the drain pipe. Bebop and Rocksteady at that point are like also trying to escape. They go down too early. They all splat and fall on the ground, but they eventually do escape. Yeah, so that, a very full circle moment for Krang, because at the open of the episode, when Shredder's leaving dejected, he says, 
one day you'll be begging me to come back, Krang. Mm. So I don't know if it was intentional or not, but Krang literally begging Shredder for help at the end of the episode was very fitting. Yeah. And tough, I mean, wrong place, wrong time, Craig. <laughs> Piece of wood just explodes <laughs> your fucking bubble walker as you're like, <laughs> they showed him like tiptoeing around. He was like, I don't even know what he was doing. He was just yeah. walking. He gets blasted. So that was tough. Yeah. I would have thought with all his inventions that his glass would be like stronger than just yeah. normal glass. You know what I mean? Like, I understand wood can break glass. Like, that makes sense. But, um, he has such advanced tech and then he's using just basic like regular glass yeah, yeah um, not even safety glass like plate yeah, glass I don't know. yeah <laughs> like yeah not even like car windshield glass you know so the but the arcs like it couldn't be more inverse between Shredder and Krang in like the episode when it comes to an end so yeah. um yeah yeah I enjoyed it I enjoyed that scene it was yeah I, I also enjoyed it um so they escape and Lotus, Splinter does his best sell job on Lotus and is like, hey, we could, if you join us, literally we could be unstoppable. But she's just like, no, not for me, and leaves. We then go back to the turtle lair, and they're just like reminiscing, I think, about the day, about whatever. They start to get hungry, and someone walks into the turtle lair to deliver a pizza, which they take not even at all like shocked that a pizza delivery person has found the turtle layer, but they open up the pizza and in it is a white Lotus. And we, you know, get a little, as the audience, we realize that the pizza delivery person actually was Lotus. And then she goes sort of running off. I think says something to the effect of like, I'll be back gives us a little terminator. I'll be back, man. But then sort of runs off into the sunset. And that is the end of the episode. So, I think we have a flower, a, a white lotus pizza to add to the I list. I would say maybe flower pizza and leave that open to interpretation. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. All right. On the board. So, we get a little flower pizza. And I think overall, I, I actually enjoyed this episode. I thought it was, we mentioned at the top, like pretty well thought out, it seemed. Um, but I thought the ending was just funny. For whatever reason, Crane getting broken out of his bubble walker and sort of flopping around. It was funny to me. Just that like it, it like varies in terms of how helpless he is when he's just a brain. Like at some times he's like very able and capable. Other times he's just like can't do anything like this episode. So it's funny to me. Yeah. The way he was begging, he was like, You wouldn't leave an old pal like Crane yeah. around. Just like begging to be picked up. Yeah. I agree. When Krang's out, when he's free braining around, it's, a, it's usually funny. Yeah. I still just can't get out of my head when he was driving around the mega knucklehead or whatever it was, and he was just like maniacal, like laughing, like destroying things, and then so easily like f- flung back. But overall, I'd say, yeah, middle of the road episode, I thought. I liked it though. So with that, we will now move into turtleisms. As my two co-hosts, who would care to discuss their turtleisms first? I think Chris did the last one. I want to say last episode, so I'll take a stab. I will. I will say my list is not in uh, maybe the most accurate order. I think I got a lot of them, but uh, it was a little helter skelter there. Um, so 
We're going to start with How Bogus Dudes by Mikey, Ninja Bimbo by Rocksteady, Flipped Out Florist by Mikey Low Blow Dudes by Mikey Bummer Dude, Mikey Lotus Bimbo by Bebop, Cream Her Shellhead by Rocksteady, which is not a sexual in- innuendo, um, <laughs> Trash Someone, Shredder, Sayonara Twice by Lotus. We had a Cowabunga by Mikey. Um, Major Wipeout Babe, Mikey. Low Down Double Dealing Cheater by Donnie. So lots of D's in there. Racco Splat and Racco Flat by Krang. Mutant Magnet by Krang. Rat Was Playing Possum by Bebop. Scuzz Buckets, Raph, Dig It Dudes. Mikey. Immature Ish by Shredder. Tin Face Moron by Krang. And Cretans by Shredder. I'm sure I missed some things. Uh, the only one I had. Yeah, he said Cowbunga. I had Mutant Maggot instead of Magnet. I could have had that wrong. Uh, and then yeah, right. this one, I don't know if it really counts. Leo said, let's teach them some turtle manners. I think right before they fought, one of the things. Those are the only other one I had. Mm. Very well. Very well. Thank you, Andrew and Chris, for turtleisms. We just a quick um shellcast sportsbook update we only had one cowabunga um this episode's actually been a few since we've had any but that puts us at 26 total um so not much of an update and then no other updates i know i've said that we will hold time to update the bets i'm committing we will do that next episode. So, Chris, as host for next episode, please reserve time post-episode recap so we can cover new bets for the sports. Yeah, Classic John just commandeering my episode for his own use. So, would have well, thought your hosting episode would have been a great time for you to do that. But, well, nonetheless, also, yeah. I will dedicate the requisite amount of time for your update. Thank if... In exchange, you update the villain power rankings board to the new format. Wow. All right. The gauntlet has been challenged. So for next episode, I will make this clear now. BPR will precede the (laughs) TMNT show, whatever, sportsbook, showcast sportsbook. And if it's not updated, John gets kicked off the episode a deal with the (laughs) devil a deal with the devil in fact yes very nice and now speaking of the villain power rankings we will bring up said power rankings chris would you care to recap us last week's rankings yes i'm gonna go reverse this time in 10th frick the alien one-time appearance. Nine, Dragon Granitor. Eight, the Vivaldi Crime Syndicate. Seven, Rock Soldiers. Six, the Foot Soldiers. Five, Bebop and Rocksteady. Four, the Rat King, who I believe last episode moved up, if I'm not mistaken. Three, Baxter Stockman. Two, Krang. And at number one, though the gap has shrunk, Shredder. How did it take us almost 50 episodes to realize we should be counting that 
backwards, like down yeah. from 10. <laughs> that to me I don't know. was like eye opening. We should have been doing that this whole time. So thanks yeah. for shedding light on that, Chris. Yeah, that's sure unbelievable. Do. So Lotus, are we considering her to be a villain? Yes. Yes, yes, absolutely. Okay. Does and she I make think an incredible a second appearance? Oh, does oh, Lotus dear. make a second appearance? Um, let's, do, let's do a little uh, investigation. So Lotus... I hope so, because this was a strong debut from a villain, I have to say. Yeah. So Lotus Blossom is her name, and she... Ooh, lots of ads. TMNTpedia. I mean, the only bad thing I have to say is you have lots of ads on your page, which I'm clicking off right now. Um, she does return. She does, in fact, return. So That's big. That's huge. big. Yep. Dare I suggest the third spot? The third? She captured I... Splinter. Sniffed out the turtle layer. Basically beat, if you want to say beat Leonardo the first time, I know she surrendered, but technically she won that. Stalemate in him a second time. And then snuck back into the turtle layer under disguise to deliver a pizza. I think maybe higher than three. Yeah, there's an argument to be made. She Well, yeah, she beat Shredder and Krang and the turtles. Like, it's hard for me to say she goes to number one, but there's an argument to be made. Like, she, yeah, at least three, possibly higher. We may have she to. She does have to be. Up. It's a good point. She has to be above Shredder. She bundled him and beat up in Rocksteady and did what he has been trying to do for ages. Yeah. So the question now, I guess, is Krang. Does he jump Shredder? I think. Then, I honestly think. I think she might be number one. I don't think she had any flaws mm, this episode. But can even, you be number one when Krang hires you? Yes. A point. I mean, yeah, you could. I think my big thing is like she didn't screw up she was betrayed by krang and then therefore she changed her like her angle where she was you know assassin for hire and then when she was screwed out of it she then like helped the turtle so i would also say like i don't know if she had any flaws this episode and well, basically go ahead let me just the one point i would say and this might be because i'm so biased for krang but if the list is villainous toward the turtles is falling in love with Leo <laughs> her flaw? Because that's ultimately, even though Shredder embellished the lie, that's what unraveled her. Did she fall in love? I think Leo fell in love with her. So I think what happened, I interpreted the second fight they had as they were fighting again. She, I fighting believe she, love. she initiated the Leo, if we team up, we'll be unstoppable as ninjas for hire. Mm. And then he said, if I do it, will you help me get save my sensei? And she said, no, I've already, I'm indebted to Krang. And why would she deliver yeah. him? He's moping in the lair about how much he loves her. 
And she, I felt like that pizza was a little, hey, buddy, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> or, I mean, she left a Lotus, so it, maybe it was like, hey, I beat you guys, or I defeated you, I'm leaving my mark, because I never had a chance to. Just but she left the Lotus I'm, on Leo when she beat him up the first time. Yeah, all I'm saying is okay. I think she goes to number one. All right, so that's what John's vote is. Chris, where do you where are you slotting Lotus? I would say, and we're not through all the characters yet, but I would go Krang one, Lotus two, Shredder three. I think Krang passes Shredder this episode, regardless of where Lotus ends up. In my opinion, Krang got or Shredder got tarred and feathered, and he got defeated again at the second yeah. fight. He sabotages. Yeah, I, the I guess what's the what's what, what's the framework? Are we saying against the turtles? Is that the f- framework of? I feel like we're really not really consistent with that. Yeah, to be honest. But like his I, plan, so his sabotage plan. I feel like he had a plan. It didn't work, and then he just had to resort to straight out lying. Yeah, everything I think he, he said was like, shit. This episode. Yeah, that's what it felt like at least. Right, and I to declare a ninja contest and lose. Yeah, it's yeah. a tough look. It's true. So I could live with that. Krang one, Lotus two, Shredder three. Is that what we're saying? Yeah. Or I mean, if yeah. you want to make the case for Lotus one, I still think Krang sh- should be two, and then Shredder three. At the very least, we know Krang has leapfrogged Shredder. Yeah. Right. I think Lotus, yeah. in my mind, goes above Krang. Yeah, I mean, you could. It was embarrassing that his fucking thing shattered again. Had that and not happened. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. yeah. And just, she, just like, I just, she, like, did everything to get the turtles there, and then she undid everything to get them out. So it's like a double whammy. Like, she, she's, she did it twice. Like, kind of yeah. like, uh, yeah. yeah, like Jack Ryan when he goes back into, uh, a bad thing to save somebody after he had already left. Yeah. So. Okay. I mean, I could. So we I'm fine move. with her at one, one or two. I could say I'm fine. You guys, Chris, you're the tie break. What do you say? Yeah, I mean, yeah, you can put her at one. I just, to me, it's tough to like debut at one, but it's hard to make a case against her. So I'm fine with yeah. one. But I mean, I don't know when she comes back, but inactivity will be her folly. So. Like my thing is like what in that in this episode did she get one over on Krang at all? It's hard to say. Although when he broke I mean, the deal, that's when she went ham and beat everyone up. So yeah, that's it wasn't necessarily Krang, but it was his whole plan and everything that had been set up. She like undid. So I f- yeah. feel like indirectly, yeah, she she did get one over on him. Yeah. All right, that's fair. I can okay. up with that. Okay, so then we need to remove somebody from the villain power ranking to go into the reserves. It's I either think, Fripp or Trag. And Trag and Grant are kind of pissing me off, honestly. It, they, but they were in there, so they each had one appearance, really. And Trag and Granitor did more. It's just been so long since they were around. That's where I'm a little bit torn. So Fripp out? I think Fripp. I mean, we have him at 10, so he just gets yeah, pushed just go. to, okay. to the bench. I mean, everyone after, like, 
honestly, like number five after this is kind of just trash villains anyway. <laughs> but who's on the fucking bench? I don't even know who's on the bench anymore. We'll see. I'll skip, to, I'll skip to it after. But uh, okay, so then maybe try. Everyone then moves down a spot, right? I mean, do we do the foot soldiers? They stun Splinter. Do they move up ahead of Bebop and Rocksteady? Who did nothing this episode again? Yeah, I feel like the, they flip flop. So foot wow. soldiers should stay six, down to seven. Seven. Yeah. I no, we'll be at. Yeah. Oh yeah. Everyone, yeah, everyone moves down. Shifting. Jeez, that's a lot. That must be a low point for them. It has to be. Absolutely. Yeah, when you when you're in the second column, it's that's not good for the VPR. <laughs> but I mean, our top five is looking pretty fresh. Yeah, we've I got like a that. strong top five. The we got to round the out bench. the bench. Yeah, the bench is you know not very deep right now. Yeah. Speaking of the bench, well, yeah. Speaking of the bench, Fripp. We need fucking Don Tertulli back in the mix. Yeah, and the punks. And then the graveyard, quite full. I uh, I got a question for you, actually. Any and else? Yeah, as we as we have the villain graveyard up, do you know what the difference between a graveyard and a cemetery is? No, I do not. Maybe size, like a pond, a pond versus a lake, depth of uh, body burials. <laughs> no, I believe. Uh, I don't. I. I 75% certain, but I believe a graveyard is attached to a church and a cemetery is not. That would make sense. So, little nugget for you out there. Uh, okay, so we got a good villain power ranking. Lotus debuts at number one. Straight to the fucking charts. One Number one with a bullet, as they would say. And... I think it's notable first female villain to take the one spot, and I'm possibly the first female villain on the VPR to begin with. Quite possible. Uh, yeah, I think so. Right. Without knowing the Catwoman. April. No, Catwoman. True, but she, yeah, she went right to the graveyard, so at least the first on the actual, like, to be ranked. Yeah. Plus, yeah, Catwoman so is April, so that's kind of like a. Yeah. Although Dragon Granitor, do we know their genders? Maybe female. Maybe. Possibly or yeah, a asexual, perhaps, as being an alien. Yeah, can you gender a rock? Okay. Well, that was a villain power ranking, so that was great. We will now move into the results of the pizza poll from a few weeks ago. I had to have so, fucking smoked in this thing. This was the Thanksgiving episode where the question was, if the purge were real, what's the first crime that you would commit? John, with the answer, said thievery. Chris, in a diabolical answer, said counterfeiting because he didn't really understand. I feel like we should have outlawed thievery. That's like just it's so general that it's bullshit. Well, it doesn't really matter because you got absolutely trounced in the polls with 129 votes. 99 of them went to thievery. 
So a 69 LOL nice margin on thievery, 30 votes for counterfeiting. And John Wentz. Wow. Did Andrew cast his vote yet? I, think I I just cast it. So John, that mm. sixty nine will be a seventy, and now that includes 70. your vote, Andrew. Okay, perfect. Well, hey, sixty nine. <laughs> uh, so yeah. So Chris, how do you feel about that? Uh, honestly, I was expected. You know, once you start winning a lot of these polls, John and his big machine come out, and <laughs> you know, it's just an insurmountable poll. So. It feels like it's been a while. I know we ate the waffle pizza at Thanksgiving. I didn't have to prep that. feels like it's been a while since I had to cook an actual pizza. So I'm not really that upset about it. Yeah. Well, yeah. So we, I mean, just a quick recap too. We've been pretty hot on TikTok right now. So interspersed with all of these polls are some funny videos. Um, One, I believe our second most watched video ever was posted yesterday courtesy of chris uh third most watched so it's up there but check it out at tmnt showcast uh it's actually at tmnt showcast for all of your social media favorites including instagram and x so check it out now we will go to this week's no we will not we will go to spinning the pizza wheel chris as the loser you will be spinning the wheel this week. I will. And as Andrew brings that up, a reminder of power-ups, which John did not hand any out this episode. But there are still a good amount on the board. Andrew, possessing the most, I would say. He's got three respins, combo slice, party pizza, and an odds maker. John, two respins, two combo slices, a party pizza, and an odds maker available. I am down to just two respins and one party pizza. So, still a good amount eligible to play. And there's a lot of pizza. Andrew, how many flavors do we have on the board right now? Uh, um, we have 70, 70, 70, 70. Wow. wow. Robust pizza wheel. Robust. It is slowing down a little bit. Like we had uh, a few episodes ago, we maybe had three or four, but we're getting down to maybe like one or two mention now versus the six you know, four to six that were early in the season. So I think our pace is good. We've got nice little back stock and um, yeah, it's an opportunity for some fun. Lovely. Pizza wheel seems to be frozen yes. at the moment. Wow. Yes. The good old Boston Wi-Fi is, uh, is struggling here with the wheel. Mm. No, here we go. It's back. It's back, baby. Okay, well, John, Chris. thanks for asking what I would want if I spun yeah. this wheel. And I will say, I, I think I just saw a hot dog pizza roll on yeah. by. I'm you feeling did. like I want a hot dog. So maybe if somebody out there has Didn't I eat maker, hot dog? they might want to increase. I think and you hot got dog that as crust. a secondary topic. Uh, yes. okay. Yep. So if any of you would take pity on a poor soul and just increase the odds for the hot dog. Well, Chris, you know, I probably would have, other than the fact that you fucked me again last week and made me eat pizza for, I've been eating pizza a lot. Well, a John, lot. 
keep in mind, I still do have one party pizza left, so watch your fucking mouth right now because you might I'm be aware. eating it again. Say the wrong thing. <laughs> I'm aware. So. Yeah, no mercy. <laughs> no moss. All right. So, Chris, uh, the pleasure is yours. Let me know when you want this bad boy spinning. Spin it right now. Come on, dog. Please, God. If I get fucking shrimp puff. Ooh, little hot. Hot plate special, perhaps? Ooh. Oh. What is this? Calzone? Oh. Yep. Hot plate special. Wow. All right. I like that. A little creativity. Mm. Yeah, you know, I'm going to respin you, Chris. I'm going to respin you. Okay. Respin. <laughs> <laughs> and away we go. Andrew now down to two respins. Clearly out for blood today. What does that say? Something bread. Mini French bread pizza. So Ooh. I'm going to re- re-spin you again, Chris. Andrew will not rest <laughs> until I'm eating fucking garbage. I'm trying to whittle it down so it's, you know, because part part of what we should manage, and I'm going to re-spin right now, is a better quota of power-ups. And so I'm yeah. working my way down to be a little bit more balanced, I would say. Something wow, like you just it. it's better and better. The works. <laughs> Unbelievable. Damn. Oh, the works. A baby. I mean, it's just it's <laughs> getting better for you every single spin. And I'm going I'm just gonna say I'm gonna I've used all the respins I want to use. So I'm gonna leave it up to John or Chris to use any further power-ups. Otherwise it's John, the have, works. Do you have anything you'd like to use, John? Andrew, can you just recap what's on the works? There was a lot there. Yeah, give me give me a second. Chris, Black of those three, pepperoni. Yeah, of the three that you spun, which one would you have wanted the most? Because uh, the um, works here is onion, pepperoni, mushrooms, black olives, ground beef, and anchovy. So, yeah, my initial thought is do I combo slice that? But I feel like there's just a lot on there. So, yeah. I'll let Chris. Including I'll anchovy, though. So, this actually wasn't as good of a spin as I thought initially. I, of the three I spun, I like the hot plate special. I, I'm going to respin myself. Because I want. It's been a while, I feel like, since we've had a unique pizza. Yeah. So, respin me again. I want something a little bit unique. All right, we're spinning. For a fourth time. Maybe we come full circle and it's Hot Plate Special 2.0. Oh, we're right back in the same area. And it's the works again. Wow. Unbelievable. It's <laughs> you unbelievable. know what the odds of that happening are? One, one out, out of 70. 70. Times one out of 70. Yeah. I mean, it's meant wow. to be, Chris. It's meant All to right, be. If I have to eat it, I'm not, I'll eat it. Sounds like a delicious I'll, I'm using a respin. We're going to get one more respin from John at the very least, and away we go. Never seen a wheel spin so many times. I keep getting good good stuff. Ooh, squid. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. 
<laughs> Beautiful. All right. I think we landed on one that was pretty good now. So any other yeah. power-ups to be used? Where do you even get squid? Chief At the squid department. store, John. I can do squid ink, maybe. A little squid ink pizza. I'll have to mm. chef this one up. Yeah. So sounds like that's dough, it. No. Black squid ink dough. Yeah, okay, I'm not going to roll well, my own dough. Well, that's famous pizza dough recipe with a little squid ink in it. Squid ink. <laughs> squid ink. <laughs> All right. So speak now. Beautiful. Forever hold your peace. On the power-ups. All right, that's that. So congrats, Chris. Squid pizza. I'm looking forward Next to episode. it. That'll be a nice one. Wow. Wow. Okay. I actually have well, something was... in mind that I got a good idea here. Exhilarating. Um, so now we will do the pizza poll for this week. Chris, you will be reading the question. Andrew, you will answer first. I will answer second. And I believe there are 46 questions. Uh, did you check? Because I added one last night, I think. I did, yeah. Okay. The random number generator is 3030. Question number 30, I will pull up. The question is, what food do you think would represent Minnesota? I'm going to choose Minnesota. Minnesota. Oh. I to pick a state none of us have really experienced, Mm. so there's no favoritism. Oof. I go first? You do. Is that right? Um, all right. So this is a part of the country I haven't spent much time in, to be honest. Uh, I don't know if it's considered the Midwest or the Great Lakes area, but Minnesota, I've been, I've been to once. Uh, I flew into Minneapolis on my way to North Dakota. Wow. Believe that. And um, I had one meal there, but Minnesota is very close to Wisconsin. And I feel like they're very similar. And when I think Wisconsin and Minnesota, I think cheese curds. So cheese curds, Minnesota, land of lakes. They churn a lot of butter. Use that milk for cheese. It all makes sense. So cheese curds it is. I knew you were going to do that, first of all. And to counter your uh cheese curds because i believe all the wisconsinites that listen to this podcast will rebel and i am gonna say a trout cake because the land of lakes it is the land of lakes and what do you catch in a lake trout is that even a food i've never heard of a fucking trout cake like a salmon (laughs) cake (laughs) crab cake john made up a food Yeah, yeah it's like a fish cake but with trout. Well, fish cakes exist. It's a terrible answer. That's the I mean, worst. That might be the worst answer we've ever had on this. I'm not even kidding. <laughs> trout, trout cake. <laughs> yeah, trout cake. Which rep- when you think of Minnesota, I'm not thinking cheese curds. Yeah, so I think cheese curds is Wisconsin. Yeah, Wisconsin is cheese. Anything you say, cheese. When I think Minnesota, I think uh, 
like hot, like tater tot casserole, like hot dish things. Or what are those burgers that have peanut butter in them? Isn't that a Minnesota thing? Well, hot dish is definitely on the list. I looked this up after we answered. Uh, so hot dish, Chris, you nailed it with famous foods from Minnesota. Mm. Uh, some like of the fry, others. They have like a big state fair. They fry stuff at, I feel like. Yeah. So a couple things. I just Google real quick. Bunt cake is from Minnesota. Well, hot dish. Um, hot doggo. Some sort of sausage. H-M-O-N-G sausage. Um, Jello oh. salad. Jello salad, and oh. this one is one I should have known. The Juicy Lucy. You guys know what that is? Yeah, that's the peanut butter in a burger. You know, with cheese inside. Something cheese. I think it's cheese in, inside the middle. Mm. But yeah, you make like a calzone out of a burger, essentially. Yeah, with cheese. That's exactly. Number eight good. on the list: trout cake. Wow, holy shit! So I was gonna go like Viking, Viking. Porridge. Pickled herring or something. <laughs> <laughs> All right. John's yeah, definitely going to lose that poll. I could have picked I a better know. state, I guess. Tough in a pinch, though. Thinking of yeah, I mean, that, that was a pretty good one because we had no idea. Yeah. Like, what of the states, which would you say which state has the most iconic like California. food? California. John says California, California with what? I don't even know what it would be. Avocados. No, Mexico. Yeah, when you think California, you think avocados. No, I would say Hawaii, pineapple. Idaho potato, that's an easy one. Idaho potato might be up there for sure. New England, like Massachusetts, like clam chowder, probably. New York pizza. New York pizza. Maine lobster. Louisiana gumbo. Yeah, Yeah, Louisiana, that would have been a good one if I did Louisiana. Louisiana actually has some of the best the best cuisine like diversity because you have like Creole, Cajun, French. I know some of those are the same or like blends of each other, but it's like comfort food, but it can also be like really high end, like French. I'm not into French food really, but then you have your like basic shrimp po' boy. Um, I like the food in Louisiana quite a bit. Yeah, can and seafood, you can food, get everything there. Gator. You can eat gator down there too. Gator nuggets. Those are good. Mm. How about remember those um the price shopper seafood samples that would go out? They had a little fried swordfish yeah. on there. Yeah, uh, the best was the Cajun catfish. Oh my. Ooh. Oh my. So good. Yeah. Walk by They're just, just like this motherfucking grocery clerks keep stealing our samples. Yeah. Yeah. Uh yeah, yeah. so I, I would say most iconic like um how about how about like brisket in Texas or something like barbecue, some sort of barbecue. You could say like ribs from Memphis or or a like Chicago that. deep deep dish from Chicago from Illinois, or a hot dog, Chicago style hot dog. Yeah, Chicago style hot dog. Deep dish is a good one. That would have been a good one to do. But yeah, lots of good regardless. things. I would say fish. I'd say fish tacos uh, are delicious. Maybe not iconic, but the the uh, Tex-Mex. How about Tex-Mex? Like it in yeah. Texas, Mexican food. You know, Americanized Mexican food. I think is probably pretty pretty up mm. there too. So, yeah, I like that. Or a bagel, bagel from New York would have been good. Bagel or pizza. 
Yeah. Bagel pizza. Ooh. Uh, I like the interactive question, though. Buffalo so, wings, you know. technically. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> and you think outside of New York City, there's a lot. Mm. It's true. Buffalo wings, I think. Ooh, <laughs> or a sky, Skyline Chili from Ohio. Philly cheesesteak. Ooh, Philly cheesesteak. Mm. Water ice? Or fucking whatever they call that stuff in Philly. Yeah, water ice. Rhode Island Well, I was trying to think in my head. I was like, I want to think of something that would be neutral territory. Like none of us have ever done anything with Minnesota. Clearly by your food choices. I've been there. I've been in Minneapolis. Yep. Did you eat a trout cake? Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) definitely. Uh, All right. So, We'll see how that poll does. I imagine that'll be a pretty low turnout, but you never know. <laughs> Depending on what it could post. Yeah, I'm only as good it. as the question that's on the list. Yeah. So, who put that question that on? I did. To Andrew's point, I liked the interactive question, honestly. Yeah. So, kudos to me. I believe I put that on there. I believe I put the overwhelming majority of questions on there, honestly. Yeah. But as we know, um, quantity just not equal quality. Yes, that's a fact. Uh, all right. Well, I believe that wraps up the episode that we had. And any um, thoughts from Chris or Andrew before we close this out? Yes, several thoughts. One of which is uh, John mentioned the social media. Uh, check us out at Team at Shellcast. We also have the website, Team at Shellcast.com. And uh, if you're not watching, the pod on YouTube. We've had a kind of an influx of YouTubers. Um, so I think they're enjoying it. It's a different experience and worth checking out. So uh, I recommend you do that. But uh, most importantly, the TurtleCom voicemail. The airwaves have been quite quiet recently after a plethora of um, fans calling in. So I encourage, especially as we get into this holiday season um, to spend some of your spare time thinking of questions, you know, maybe we'll do, uh, maybe that's how we engage people. You call in, you read the question for the pizza bowl question of the week. That could be a thing perhaps um, or whatever, just leave a comment. So I encourage you to do that uh, as we're nearing the end of the year, we've got some special things planned, which um, maybe I'll just pepper that teaser in. One of which I do want to point out, uh, Spotify just did their wrapped. It's December, the month of December. They just released their wrapped. So if you listen on Spotify, which we encourage you to, you can see uh, if Team and T Shellcast broke your 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 uh, you know top top ten, top three, top five, however it works for podcasts that you listen to. We will be sharing some special wrapped. Uh, information from our side, so from the producer side. So stay tuned for that in a special maybe Christmas, New Year's episode uh, upcoming here. So that's that. Yeah, and I would say if you share your wrapped showing TMNT Shellcast on Instagram or anywhere and tag us, I will send you a gift to post it. And then John's on mute, but he's still talking as though he's not on mute. How many, Andrew, how many minutes did you listen to 
TMNT? Um, well, John, I will post my TMNT Shellcast wrapped to the Instagram, my personal Instagram and tag, and everyone can go see. So I will, uh, you will find out shortly, but not right now. I believe I was number one. Yes. Well, in fairness, some of us prefer the YouTube, as I've made it clear. And some of us also prefer, preferred at one point, Apple Podcasts. Mm. But to garner a little excitement, I'm hosting next episode. As we know, I'm the best host. And I will say right now, I will be debuting a new segment next episode. Wow. Chris, back-to-back new segments uh, in recent memory. Uh, As we were talking about segments, I am going back to the archives to update the website. So uh, I don't know why I stopped doing that, but it's going to return. (laughs) It's been about 20 episodes since I've updated. So there's going to be a lot of new content, uh, including the new segment that Chris will feature next week. Yes. Yes, I'm an innovator. Mutant meme hem, everyone's favorite viral segment which I appear to be the only one that ever does. And now a new one coming next episode. Listen in. Very nice. Awesome. Well, we have that to look forward to. So for Andrew and Chris, I was your host for today, John. And thank you for listening. If you made it this far, cowabunga. Cowabunga.